Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Theme Park Podcast. I'm Tom, joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. I'm surprised to say you're doing very well, considering you are in a protective boot, Josh. You've got a a football injury to, <sighs> to report. It's like the good old days. <laughs> yes. God of days. Uh, there has not been a... We have done a number of podcasts throughout the years, Tom, and I feel like every single one has a different injury on it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually probably true. I mean, thankfully, none of us, or neither of us rather, have ever sustained an injury that has impeded our ability to podcast. You know, I've not, none of us have been sort of punched in the mouth or, or, or something of that ilk, thankfully. But uh, yeah, what, what happened, Josh? Are you, are you seriously injured? Are you bed-bound? Are you podcasting from a, an unnatural position as a result of this devastating uh. injury? Uh, no, uh, nothing, uh, nothing too severe. Luckily, um, I, uh, it's just, it's just some ligament damage to my ankle. Um, oh. it, there was a suspected, uh, break or fracture oh. of the cuboid, but, uh, the, the doctor said, no, I should be fine. Well, that's good to know. Um, that's good to know. I, I mean, the most, yeah. Im- most important question is, would it prevent you from going to a theme park? Um, it probably wouldn't be wise. Right. I mean, that's, that I mean, doesn't probably, sound like an explicit no. That sounds like you would probably go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do the, the walking. Oh, right. Well, that, I mean, that's a bit of an obstacle. I hate to break it to you, but yeah. generally speaking, theme park visits do involve a fair amount of walking. Yeah. I, I could do the walking. I just couldn't. It's really frustrating. Mm. Mainly because of the boot more than the pain. Right, yes, because you know what peak Josh is capable of when it comes to getting around a theme park at speed with ultimate exactly. efficiency, and I'd, I'd imagine being held back would would indeed be a frustrating experience. Yes, yeah. Um, it was interesting. I, I went to the fracture clinic on Thursday. Uh, you know, he was like, "How did you do it?" I was like, oh, "I was playing football on Saturday," and he went, "Oh, so you're you're a professional football player then?" I was like, "Ha ha." <laughs> Good one. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. It's a very, it's an easy mistake to make. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he won't be making that mistake. Again. I was about to say, was he? Was he just pulling your leg? But if he wouldn't be a very good doctor if he was doing that, would he? Probably. Hurt. He was. He was a little bit. Uh, I think you, you need to do a little bit of, uh, you know, manipulation to fully assess the injury. Right. Yeah. I guess so. Um, well, I, I think the the biggest setback for you of having this injury, Josh, was that you you were unable to join me today for a screening of the New Mutants. <laughs> oh yeah, I was really disappointed to have missed that. <laughs> well, I mean, pre-coronavirus, uh, regular <laughs> listeners will know that we would regularly check in on the podcast with uh, fairly ironic film screenings that we have been to because our <laughs> Cinema passes allow us, of course, to go to basically as many films as we like during a year. We would regularly, um, due to a total lack of anything else to do with our sad, sad, miserable lives, uh, our Saturdays would regularly constitute podcast recording and then literally whatever happened to be on at the cinema. And sometimes yeah. that would you know, result in a, in a pleasant surprise, such as The Invisible Man. Uh, but quite often it would not. It would, in fact, just result in... <laughs> Um, well, 
really quite demoralising, depressing and, and painful experiences. Dark Phoenix. Um, what were some other ones from earlier in this year? What were those horror movies we saw back to back? All of the horror on the same the all same the evening. <laughs> we saw um, uh, the Grudge, didn't we? And what was the other one? Can you even remember yeah. what it was called? It had the uh, one of the kids from Stranger Things in it, and oh, the Turning. The turning, of course. The turning. Yeah. That feels like a lifetime ago. It was actually February or March, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, The New Mutants was a bit of a throwback to the, to those good old pre-lockdown days of going to see a film, f- knowing full well that it's going to be really bad. And uh, I'm happy to report that it lived up to expectations. <laughs> it, it was, that is good to know. It was awful. It, it maybe was worse than Dark Phoenix. I'm fi- actually, yeah, uh, it definitely was. It was. It was definitely worse. Which is impressive. It is. I, yeah, in fairness, as bad as it was, it was also impressive. So there's that. Um, but I guess Dark Phoenix didn't get delayed as much as this. No. So it's sort of on the cards, right? It was really weird, though. It was like, it was like something you might have watched on, like CBBC, just with a bit of blood and guts, or like a. <laughs> Like a Doctor Who episode or something. It's basically like five kids. Was it five or four? Five kids. Yeah, five kids are being kept at kind of this anti X Men school. Basically, they're just getting experimented on uh, under the Brilliant. guise of kind of hospital care. When in fact, it is uh, something more sinister is going on. I won't spoil it, just in case people are rushing out to see it. Um, so they're kind of, you know, all these kids have got various issues, but ultimately they come down to not being able to control their various powers. And, oh, geez, some of the worst dialogue I've come across in a movie for a very long time. Um, some really ropey CGI. There was a giant bear, which was very odd to look at. Um, Maisie Williams, okay. her power is that she can kind of change into a wolf, uh, but it, quite often she just resembled uh, the, the teen wolf man. <laughs> <laughs> which what, was um uh, Michael J Fox. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was um yeah, the, it was yeah. not very good. So I don't, um, I don't recommend. Did you see uh on Facebook Bob McLeod who is the creator of uh the original New Mutants uh they even spelt his name wrong in the credits. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like me spelling my um, own name wrong on a news story. Yeah. Which I've done before, but um, <laughs> uh, so like, we've all you know, been there. It, like he he's the original creator, like the, the the he created the comics, um, and so and he basically said that you know they've done a terrible job, they've whitewashed the cast, um, and yeah, they've also spelt his name wrong. So it says like Bob McLeod as co-creator, but they spelt McLeod wrong, and it will like obviously be like that in the credits forevermore. Mm. Well, that's um, that's quite embarrassing. It kind of sums up the film, I think. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there was that. And, and earlier today, as of recording, this is Saturday evening recording today, and uh, I also saw Tenet today, the new Christopher Nolan film, which is the movie. Oh, you mean that, Tenet? Uh, ten, yeah, whatever. I've heard people, like, lots of people have been calling it The Tenant or Tenant or whatever, however you say it. Um, Tenetimba. Yeah, and I'm like, it was being pitched as the movie to drag everyone back to the cinemas, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I was, I was very happy the other week. Well, I was in my I element mean, watching Jurassic Park again on the big screen, 
Uh, <sighs> that was great. And this, I, I did not enjoy this. I did not enjoy this. My return to the cinema to see two actually new movies was a bad day. <laughs> but 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 Tom Cruise took a black cab to the BFI IMAX via the longest route possible. So it must have been. It's worth true. It. It's true. And he just turned up at the door and went, "Show me the movie." Uh, and they let him in. Uh, yeah, I did not enjoy the film as much as Tom Cruise appeared to do in his little Instagram video. Uh, it's it's kind of um, it's similar to Inception in in the way it is structured. Kind of starts with an out of context action sequence, then kind of introduces its gimmick, which in this case is this you know fairly unique novel and very at least visually kind of engaging take on sort of time travel and the way it kind of uh, uh, affects individual objects and individual people within the world so it's not as simple as just oh everyone's gone you know you've gone back in time it's like individual like a car for example could be moving backwards in time or forwards in time within a scene that is otherwise moving or appearing to move as normal, if you get what I mean. Right, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the gimmick. Um, but I just feel like he... And then from there, you, you, know, you meet your protagonist and he goes and recruits some buddies and they go and do the mission. Uh, but I feel like, it's a bit like every um, part of it is weaker in, in execution than, than Inception was, for example. Interesting. Yeah. I d- I, no, I disagree, Josh. It was not interesting. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was very bored. <laughs> And it felt very yeah. long. And also, I mean, it didn't help uh, with the feeling long. That And I, I you remember when we went to see Dunkirk, um, we had Which time? various problems. <laughs> the time it worked? or Well, no. So at the time it didn't work. It broke, didn't it, halfway through. And then they tried to reboot yeah. it and it broke again. And then they kicked us out and we had to go and rebook and see it again. So this film, about maybe halfway through, uh, there was a the screen went off and you could still hear the sound. And then the sound stopped and it turned out there'd been a power cut in the cinema. And I was thinking, oh. what is it with these Christopher Nolan movies? <laughs> There's so much bass that the cinema has run out of power. <laughs> um, and I was like, what's going on here? And we ended up having like a 15, well, it felt like a 15 sort of 20 minute interval, just sort of chatting. And then um, it did come back on, but it, they didn't re- resume the film at exactly the same point. So we had to rewatch like 20 minutes of it and then catch up to where we'd got to. And then it was fine. But it made the whole thing. I mean, it basically made the film last three hours plus you have you know twenty five minutes of ads at the start and trailers, and then um, you know it's a two and a half hour movie anyway. So I was in that cinema for a very long time. Uh, saw that yeah, no time it. to saw that no, no time to die trailer again though that I'd, <laughs> I'd seen at every cinema visit between like last September and lockdown beginning. And now I've come back what feels like six years later and I'm still watching the same trailer for the Bond film that still hasn't come out. I had like three Bond films queued up, like booked in for March and obviously they were all cancelled. Yeah. Uh, I was gutted. I was going to watch Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies again. Oh, good. Because I've never seen them in the cinema. And then uh, obviously No Time to Die. I'd imagine they'll rearrange those. I hope so. I, I would hope so as well. Uh, I'd be up for seeing some of those on the the big screen. Uh, but yeah, I was I was saying as well yeah. earlier. Actually, um, is Billie Eilish the only uh, artist ever to have released a Bond song 
and then before the Bond movie has come out, released another song. <laughs> uh, like she did probably. that song at the Brits, right? Or the Grammys, wherever it was. I can't yeah. remember where it was, but in like March, February. And that feels like a very long time ago. And yeah. obviously the movie is not out yet. Because I thought that was hilarious because you had her brother there playing and Hans Zimmer there playing. And they were both dressed up to the nines, like full tuxedos. And she was just there in, you know, what she always wears. Right, yeah. It was, I thought it was quite funny. She told us all we had no time to die, Josh. Turns out we've had all the time in the world. Ugh. Uh, speaking of uh, time wasting, uh, we should probably crack on with some actual theme park discussion. Uh, I've got some orange juice here to make me feel positively Florida-esque because uh, the oh, Florida lovely. weather is certainly over. So I need something else to make myself yeah. feel Florida-ish. Um, we're not going to do a theme park video game today. We've got some got a few bits of theme park news, Josh. Um, yeah. Actually, one other thing I want to say, non-theme park related. Oh. Uh, man, that Chadwick Boseman Couple. news just hit me like an absolute steam train this morning. Um, yeah. I have not felt that down about a celebrity passing since, well, probably Robin Williams or, you know, something like someone like that. It just comes completely out of nowhere and someone who still felt like they had so much to offer. Uh yeah, that was that yeah. was rough. So um, yeah, thoughts with uh, his family and friends, obviously. But uh, yeah, uh, quite the legacy he's left, considering he's only forty three. But also, he was only forty three. I mean, that is just awful. Uh, that was awful news to wake up to. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, pivoting on to theme park news and I, and I guess we could we could actually do this bit as it as it kind of leads on from uh from black panther in that uh disneyland which is still not open this is disneyland california no theme parks have reopened in california yet due to the coronavirus uh california one of the hardest hit states along with florida but florida said well who cares um and open there <laughs> we love theme parks <laughs> exactly uh but yeah, it has obviously meant that the Avengers Campus, which we talked about back in March, it was on the cusp of opening, uh, has not opened. Uh, but of course, Disney are hoping to be able to reopen fairly soon here and, and have therefore started um, auditioning for uh, Marvel superheroes uh, for the new Avengers Campus. Josh, uh, which role are you auditioning for? Um, War Machine. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, post Civil War war machine yeah. where he's got a limp <laughs> and a boot <laughs> that's great I mean I was gonna, I was going to say Professor X for kind of the same reason because you're a cripple but I guess he's not actually been introduced to the Marvel Universe yet so um, not quite yeah war machine that's great that works that works just fine how are you going to I mean obviously you know Josh I break uh, breaking news you're white Josh uh, how, uh, how are you going to bypass accusations of whitewashing should you take on the role of oh, that's true. of War Machine? All right, I'll be Iron Man. He, uh, he had some issues. He had some complications. Uh, I guess he did, yeah. I'm trying to think if anyone else had a, had a leg injury at some point. And I can't, um, I can't think Doctor of Doctor Strange, any. He, he injured himself. That was his hands, but it's close enough, right? <laughs> sure. 
Sure. So you go for Doctor and Strange. And English. Could you? Could you do? Can you do the Doctor Strange voice? Can you do any Marvel uh, voices? Maybe that should have been my question. Who could you actually? You know, I mean, you've you've probably got you know you've got the physique, the height to be you know a Captain America or someone like that. But can you do the voice to match? And you know, that's the uh, question. No. What about Groot? Uh, I Groot is I I don't know. Like I feel like a lot of people try and do Groot, but Groot is actually a lot harder than people appreciate. Right. Um, so. People don't nail Groot as much. The one that always gets me is um, Rocket Raccoon. Right. What do you mean? Rocket, gets you? Because, because uh. like, every, no one believes it's uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, it's me. It's me. Yeah, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, no one ever believes me when I say that. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, my my Obi Wan is okay, and my Scooby and Mickey Mouse, you know, they're both pretty good. I would suggest, but uh, yeah, no one no one buys buys it when I tell them that I'm Rocket Raccoon. No, yeah, uh, I'll buy it. Yeah, oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. I, I believe actually before be the, I want to be the Mandarin. Actually, oh, I want the... to be Ben Kingsley's Mandarin. <laughs> well, actually, I was gonna. What well, I was gonna say um, along the same lines, actually, is I think pre Guardians of the Galaxy movies, um, the Ro- Rocket Raccoon, you know, if he was in a TV like an animated series or a video game, would would often come with this sort of Cockney British accent and and i believe there were therefore rumors there are lots of like fan <sighs> theories that like ray winston would be like the ideal person to play him in the movie <laughs> and then when it ended up being bradley cooper people were like what bradley cooper what? but yeah like so you right, imagine- Raymondo, have a bang on that <laughs> yeah exactly uh bet in play on <laughs> will the guardians defeat thanos <laughs> when the fun stops stop <laughs> okay Get 33 to 1 on Groot saying, I am Groot, an inopportune moment. Um, that is nailed on. I mean, yes, on, please. That's on, on. That one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right. What were we talking about? De- oh, auditions. Auditions for Marvel superheroes. So, so you're not, you're going to go for um, at the Mandarin. That's 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 a good shout. Or, or War yeah, Machine. Yeah, very specifically Ben Kingsley's Mandarin. Or a white, a white War Machine. Uh, purely because yeah. of uh, your crippled leg. Yes. Um, great. Nothing else. Just just a crippled leg. Mm. Um. Um, so there, there is some insight on these auditions, which, by the way, are on the Disney casting website. So if you fancy yourself as a uh, potential Marvel superhero, you can go to uh, job, give it a go? Jobs. <laughs> jobs.disneycareers.com. I mean, why not? Why not give it a go? What about Thor? Do you reckon you could be Thor? Well, uh, um, Star Lord, you've got some sort of Star Lord esque kind of jackets and stuff. Sure, yeah, I can give it a go. Uh, uh, yeah, can you get down a boogie? Um, yes, would, and he can't dance, so I, so it's like perfect because I also can't dance. Would Zoe Saldana fall for you? Definitely not. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe we fall down there. Uh, uh, would uh, like a green Zoe Saldana who's told that she's already fallen for me when she was a different person maybe maybe mm. we'll see give it a go um so some insight on this from theme park insider in terms of you know the the audition process and what that might mean for when this is planning to open so i'll, I'll quote directly from this article Uh, Given the lead time that Disney typically posts these types of openings, it appears that Disney anticipates opening these performances early in the new year, right after the holidays. 
Uh, that's dependent upon the state of California giving theme parks the green light to return by then. Uh, Avengers Campus, a new Marvel-themed land taking over the site of the former Bugs land in the park, uh, was supposed to open in July. Uh, pandemic obviously put paid to that. Uh, construction has resumed, but Disney has not announced any new target date for the land's debut. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. The resort had planned to reopen uh, to the public in time for Disneyland's 65th anniversary on July 17th, 2020. Uh, but then that did not happen. Um, do you think that if and when they are given the green light to reopen, that they will open Avengers Campus as soon as possible? Or do you think this is going to be placed on a similar hiatus to the um, Super Nintendo World at Universal Japan? Because that park has reopened, uh, but I, without well, Mario. I think there's a lot more work to be done here uh, than with uh, Nintendo Land in, in Japan. Um, so like Nintendo Land could basically be open now right pretty much I think so uh, yeah so whereas this feels like it's got I don't know six months worth of work at least I would say mm. looking at the pictures because uh, I don't know if you saw them but uh, a couple of weeks ago um, they released some pictures of Josh DeMario the new Disney Parks chairman since um, Chapek stepped up um, posing next to the freshly placed Quinjet. Yes, the Quinjet um, was was going to be you know, at some point the the focus of a second kind of e ticket ride because obviously this is only opening with a with that Spider Man ride that we've spoken about before. Yeah, kind of shoot 'em up ride. Uh, but yeah, there were plans for this second e ticket attraction uh, in a Quinjet taking place at least partly, if not entirely, over Wakanda. Um, whether or not yeah. that will still happen given what's happened with the pandemic it's impossible to know impossible to say at this point um, but it's unlikely I think I would say it's probably unlikely as well what did you make what do you make of the pictures what do you make of the look of this land I mean I think there are you know people are looking forward I think to California Adventure getting some more TLC everyone knows of course the state that that part was in when it first opened and how it's kind of gradually been being brought up to standard but i don't know i feel like the the mcu for me uh you know when it gets more out there and sci-fi is when it's the most kind of visually interesting and a lot of the stuff that's kind of set more in the realms of earth is all you know visually at least a bit bland you know it's lots of sort of very kind of um standard looking military uh bases and things like that when you think of avengers campus in the movies and those kinds of locations uh it's it's yeah. not avengers campus is is a very sort of nothing key location yeah um, it's, you have to do i think you have to do a fair bit to move to somewhere more visually interesting yeah yeah um i guess you, you could do you could go the other way so uh obviously with like the ratatouille tech you could do a ant-man ride i think that's a good shout. That could be fun. I mean, there is um, an Ant-Man ride, is yeah. it, at Hong Kong? Yes. But that's just a reskin just a of like a Buzz though, right? Lightyear ride, I think. Yeah. Mm. I think like a Ratatouille Ant-Man would be cool. Like you're riding on the back of an ant. Yeah, I could go for that. I could yeah. go for that. Uh, what do you think the objective of the ride um, would be? Like crawl over a kid's birthday cake, which uh, that happened to me when I was a kid, <laughs> and I'm still scarred. 
No, it wasn't me. It was my sister. It was my sister's birthday. We came down on the day of the birthday, uh, expecting to be greeted with this wonderful birthday cake in the kitchen that had been left out ready for the morning. And it was swarming with ants. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) A surprise. That's nightmare inducing. Jeez. (laughs) Just ants piling on top of it. (laughs) Fantastic. Incredible scenes. Oh, my God. Yeah. The the good thing about that is because of the comedy in Ant-Man, you could almost do a, like, honey, I shrunk the audience yes. thing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, one of the kind of most striking visual gags of the Ant-Man movies is the stuff with the Thomas the Tank train set and the ant playing the drums. Hmm. Yeah, that could be fun. Oh, that, uh, is, is Ant-Man... Could you do Ant-Man in Epcot? Um... What, why? What's the thinking? Basically, I want to bring back Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, but with Ant-Man. Okay. As like a... Yeah. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Uh, they're, well, they're doing Guardians at Epcot, aren't they? So. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess. It, yeah, I guess you could. I guess you could. Wasn't that Honey, I um, Shrunk the Kids at Hollywood Studios? No, it was definitely at Epcot. But there was a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids like play area, wasn't there? At Hollywood Studios? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's this. Um, that was like the exit to the backlot tour. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. That so was, it was, it's all that. been ripped out. Yeah. Um, um, I guess the one thing you'd say about the look of the land is that it, it obviously is very distinct from the Marvel superhero island uh, islands of adventure, which is um, you know tied to the you know the classic panels of a uh, of the, the comics. comic books. Yeah. So you know it sets itself apart on that front, and obviously we know that the setup yeah. for this is that. Average dudes, uh, uh, average um, people have been invited to the Avengers campus to kind of get a feel for what it's like to be a superhero. That's kind of the the setup for this. So it wouldn't yeah. really make sense that I, it is what it is, but I still don't think it's the most visually interesting theme park location I've ever seen based on the pictures. I think the the best thing about this is that I don't know if you've ever seen them, but in America there's like the adverts for pickup trucks, like the Ford F-150 uh, and the Ram 2500 or whatever. Um, it's always like just like kind of burly dudes in jeans and work boots standing next to trucks and like lifting l- lumber and things like that. Right. That's what that's what the <laughs> these feel like um, photos taken f- for that video. Okay. Just like people standing in a construction site looking <laughs> tough. That's, <laughs> that's how you sell a theme park to the kids. <laughs> That sounds... Get a load of my Quinjet. <laughs> Built tough. All right, Ray Winston. Chill out. <laughs> You've had Ray Winston on betting ads. Now he's plugging theme park construction. Uh, All right, DeMario, have a bang on that. <laughs> um, uh, another line from, in terms of when these parks in California might reopen, so not just the Disney parks, but obviously the Universal parks as well. Um, SeaWorld San Diego, is that? Is that open? I guess um, not, right? Not as far as I'm aware. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, still waiting on them. Still waiting on San Diego. Uh, so California Governor Gallant, Gavin, sorry, Gavin Newsom uh, was asked about the theme parks this week. Uh, he, he announced a framework for kind of how businesses might be able to reopen and was asked specifically about theme parks. And he said this, uh, we are working with them 
Uh, it's a very dynamic conversation, so we did not include it in the update today. That is a separate conversation. It's easier. It's an easier uh, one to have. Um, blah blah blah. We're trying to accommodate for some of the other amusement activities in the state, and so you'll be getting that as soon as we work through that. God, this is just a load of guff. I committed to <laughs> I committed to reading it out before I'd read it in my head, and and uh, and the further I get through this paragraph, the more I realise it's totally useless information because <laughs> there's no information yeah. in it. It's almost as if he's a politician. Bruce, Tom. Almost as if he's a politician. <laughs> almost. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Um, but yes, I, I mean, they've got this kind of color-coded system going now in California. It's a four-tier system, and basically it will that will be used to determine when things might be able to reopen based on kind of infection rates in different counties within California. So... Uh, you know, you might end up in a situation where Universal can reopen, but Disneyland in Anaheim may not be able to, or vice versa. Or, you know, those two both might be shut, but SeaWorld can reopen. And, you know, it, it, you could end up in a situation like that. It doesn't sound like it's going to be done on a kind of a statewide level. So, um, yeah, it remains to be seen. It's obviously impossible to to really speculate on, on exactly when these parks might reopen. But... Um, they have been closed for a long time now. I mean, they've been closed since March, and they're gonna be coming up on they're coming up on six months of being closed, uh, which I don't think anyone yeah. would have expected. Um, um you, you mentioned this. Uh, you mentioned the levels in California. Do you actually do you know what we're currently at in the UK? I've I, I to be honest, I had totally forgotten we were even supposed to have a coronavirus alert level. And to be honest, I think if you brought it up with Boris Johnson, he'd probably have forgotten as well. <laughs> so uh, sorry, what? Uh... Wait, we do ha- we did have one, didn't we? He did. I think it was it yeah. was when we yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was when the last time I remember seeing it was that really terrible address to the nation that he did when it was the first time he started to ease lockdown. So it was sort of late May, was it, when he said, "Oh, people can start going back to work now if you cannot work at home," and he changed yes. the message. So you know that was when we started saying, "Stay alert," and that kind of thing. And we were st- we were still at level four then. Yeah, I think he was technically I issuing think- advice that was incompatible with his own um, rating system that was there yeah. on a slide behind him at the time that he was telling us <laughs> these things. But hey ho, uh, what are you going to do? Um, Apparently in June we came down to a three, but I don't know. But ask that. What does that mean, though? Do you know? Do you have the criteria in front uh, of you? Three means uh, a COVID epidemic is in general circulation. Uh, gradual relaxing, re- gradual relaxing of restriction and social distancing measures. Yeah, that sounds about right. What's two? What do we need to do to get to two? Two is uh, present in the UK, but the number of cases and transmission is low. Right. Okay. I'm not sure where they are. No. And the action for that is no or minimum social distancing measures, enhanced testing, tracing, monitoring, and screening. So we don't have any of that. So, um, and then one is there is not no, it is not known to be present in the UK. Well, that might never be the case. Uh, Sorry to bring the mood down. (laughs) No. Yeah, but I don't know if you know, but we have like a terrorist rating. We um, yes, we do. That is like out of five, and like that is always at like a four or something stupidly high. Yes, and, and then when there's an attack, it goes up to five. Um, 
Yeah. Whereas I, you know, I guess there's some precedent for attacks in quick succession, but generally speaking, you would think that if an attack has just happened, it's less likely that another one's going to be right around the corner. So I don't know. Yeah. This is the thing part podcast. We, I'm not the man for terrorism uh, safety policy, frankly. It's like all the numbers are made up or something. Maybe, yeah. Um, I was going to say something and I've forgotten what it was, which is not good when you're on a podcast. Oh. Uh, no, not really. Oh, come rewind, rewind. What were we talking about? What were we talking about a second ago? Uh, rewind, Josh. Um, like, pretend you're tenant. Avengers Campus. No, it was after that. Um, um, oh, damn. SeaWorld. No, not SeaWorld. Oh, I remember. It was just on. It wasn't actually anything to do with theme parks. But when I was up town today, Josh, uh, towards the end of my stint, I did start to see lots of people walking around with various signs, including some protests going down. And I think I yeah, apparently I, think I came across some anti-vaxxers and definitely some anti-maskers. I saw three yes. very disturbed-looking blokes walking around, sort of shouting at people who had masks on, telling them to take them off kind of acting the big and trying to suggest that people with masks on were idiots. Um, yeah. You know. I had a similar experience in A&E uh, on Monday. That's not the kind of place you want to have these kinds of... No. I, I, I sat in A&E. You have, you're, I was wearing a mask, as uh, is the right thing to do. Uh, and these two women started up this conversation, neither of them wearing masks. And one of them went, I know more about masks than all of the nurses in this place. Like, <laughs> you probably don't. Because you're just you you have no degree you have no medical degree at all, um, and you work on the market down in Dartford, so uh, I doubt it. But I don't I don't understand how people reason themselves into these viewpoints. I guess the answer to that question is that no reason was involved, and that's the problem. <laughs> yes, um, our friend um, Abby has a, has a saying that. You can't reason with someone that can't reason with themselves or something along those lines. Or was it you can't reason someone out of a position that they did not yes. reason themselves into? That is the one. Although the one exactly you just it. said works fine for me also. We could have two sayings if you like. <laughs> That's the new motto for the podcast. Um. <laughs> you can't reason yourself into listening to a podcast that you... Uh, what was I've, I've forgotten it now myself. Um, anyway. <laughs> Wow. Shall we move on? Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, so, as we said, Florida. That, sorry. Uh, actually, no. Oh, hello. No, let's not move on. Okay. I'm oh, gonna, sorry. I saw because I saw about this protest in London. Oh God! Uh, I've got you up on your protesting now. Yeah, they were protesting compulsory vaccinations, which have never been in a thing in the UK. Uh, so, so basically, no to compulsory vaccinations. That isn't a case, and will never be the case. Uh, no to masks uh and they're not compulsory either no to a and then no to a second wave it's like well, i don't think <laughs> you can't reason with the, the virus go, <laughs> you know what <laughs> you're right the virus let's not have a second wave <laughs> yeah well we were going to infect hundreds of thousands more people in time for christmas but have you seen have you seen these lot out on the <laughs> streets at Square. we don't want to mess with these <laughs> let's go home let's 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 turn back no to a second wave. Like, I agree with the first point. No to compulsory vaccinations. To, like, no one should be forced to have a vaccination. You should have them because they're good for you. Uh, but 
it's your choice. Um, and but you know, whatever. But come on, come on, guys. <laughs> Think about these things before you put it on the sign. Josh, Jesus. Josh, Josh, have you not been paying attention? You can't reason people out of a position <laughs> that they did not reason themselves into. There we are, nailed it in one. It's Bang. true, nailed it. Oh, felt good to say something so wise. Oh, incredible. Right now, can can we move on now, Josh? Yeah, let's move on. Great, thanks. Uh, so it's a Florida, which, as we said, doesn't care about the coronavirus. Uh, but they might have a bigger problem on their hand, Josh. Let alone the virus. Oh. Now there are raptors. What? Raptors are on the loose. Oh, clever girl. Oh, I know. Uh, so as we know, Josh, uh, or as we don't know, there's a, a roller coaster going up in Jurassic Park at Ireland. So what? There's a, there's a roller coaster appears to be in, to be being constructed at Jurassic Park in Islands of Adventure. Have you seen this? Do you know anything about this? Uh, no, not a clue. No, uh, it's rumours no. uh, that it will be called the Velocicoaster. It's got a big top hat maneuver. It's going to be perhaps the most thrilling. That extreme roller coaster at a Universal Florida Park by the looks of things. No, I, did, I did see the Universal Orlando Twitter feed telling people not to look up. Yes, they, anything to do with it? Yeah, they have started to kind of um, uh, cheekily acknowledge that the fact that they are yet to officially announce a roller coaster that everybody has been able to see with their own eyes for about three months. <laughs> They're acknowledging the uh, raptor in the room. Yes, very nice. Yes, they tweeted the other day. Everyone, what are you building over there? Us. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> um, of course, it, it, we had the problem with the ospreys uh, last week. Ospreys had nested at the top of the top hat maneuver on this Jurassic Park roller coaster, and yeah, uh, they've now put like tarpauling over the top of the uh, yeah to top hat to stop, to them, stop them from nesting. To stop them from nesting. Uh, but as we know, Josh, life f- 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 finds a way. Oh, um, thing. In, indeed. Uh, but anyway, the, the update on this is that uh, raptors, um, whether sort of stationary models or animatronics or whatever they might be, we don't know, have been seen being lifted into the Jurassic Park land and specifically towards the site of this roller coaster. Um, they weren't exactly subtle about and it. And they weren't subtle about it at all, no. <laughs> just being, just some, <laughs> some like life-size raptors or whatever, you know, what Steven Spielberg back in the 90s considered to be a life-size raptor being carried through Jurassic Park uh, towards the coaster. Uh, yeah. Which, in the middle of the day, yeah. stopped people from going through Jurassic Park for a moment so they could drive the truck in. Mm. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't get this. Walt Disney wouldn't have allowed it. No, so. probably not. No, well, they've got the underground routes and everything, haven't they? That's uh, true. I don't yeah, know, don't think Universal have not that big. I don't have think a, have such a thing. They could, they could have, they should have brought it over on the Hogwarts Express. <laughs> 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 that would have been fun. Um, so, because we talked last week, and we basically because they were bringing the 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 actual trains in, right? Weren't they? Which kind of perhaps suggested that the track itself, the actual coaster, was very close perhaps to being done. And it, and in terms of when yeah. they might be ready to start talking about it more officially and maybe even setting a date, uh, it would more depend on how long it's going to take to to build kind of the sets and the structures and the, the more decorative uh, scenic elements of the ride. They've been doing a lot of rock work, uh, installing a lot of rock work around the ride. And, and of course, now the addition of these raptors uh, maybe suggests there's going to be a little bit more going on than... We might have originally anticipated, and you know, you think of something like Hulk, for example, 
Um, you know, there's some good stuff going on in the in the queue area, and you, you know, the launch has a bit of commentary and there's music on board, but there's not a whole lot going on once you're actually on the coaster itself, like once the ride's up and running. This maybe maybe sounds like it. I, I'm not expecting it to be quite as story heavy uh, and animatronic heavy as something like Hagrid's motorbike windy whatever track thing <laughs> launchy stoppy look at the birds and animals thing yeah exactly uh, maybe not yeah. quite to that extreme but it, but maybe somewhere between like a hulk and that in terms of how much uh, sort of scenery and and uh, and story elements this ride might have what what do you think yeah. we could expect from the raptors um, specifically i i think it's quite cool that like obviously it's kind of directly opposite the hulk across the lake yes um true. it's kind of like on one side you've got the the origins of the park with not really that much uh in terms of set design and scenery and stuff because it was early days mm. and then directly opposite that you've got kind of the modern viewpoint even though uh i think Jurassic park is kind of the lesser of the two on that side obviously you've got uh hogwarts and stuff as well but you got proper rock work going on and that sort of thing. To, so it's kind of like the the past and the present in terms of designing roller coasters, which I think is really cool. A lot of people have said that maybe it's going to have like a Raptors running alongside the coaster. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I think they might be stationary. Um, and I, I think the coaster might be going too fast for like kind of like a thing going on like beside you to like notice as much like you'll notice a raptor looking at you mm. as you're whizzing past but you won't necessarily if something's going on beside you, you won't necessarily notice it yeah yeah i i'm kind of with you on that i'm going to be curious how much you'll actually even really be able to notice uh maybe it'll be stuff mm. that's focused more on the very start and end of the ride perhaps yes that's that's potentially true um i'm really looking forward to the top hat i think the top hat's gonna be good fun yeah, they just put the rapture up there. Um. <laughs> I just get up there. <laughs> don't know. They should install like a monument to the Ospreys. <laughs> I think they they should have just put they should put it through uh, the top of the water ride. Sure. Yes. So you got the T Rex, and then going under the T Rex is the uh, roller coaster, and then underneath that is the boat. Great. So it's like they're all going to crash into all be eaten at the same that time. That sounds wonderful uh, and would absolutely be yeah. uh, on brand with the uh, the disaster that Jurassic Park actually turns out to be in the movie and the book. Yes. Great. Uh, well, we remain to we, we wait and see, of course, uh, exactly what this roller coaster is going to be, what the pitch is when they finally officially, pardon me, announce it. Um, I mean, you'd have to assume this is opening. You know, before next summer, given the the rate at which it's going up, you would hope. But who know, who knows at this point, right? Mm. Yeah, um, it's kind of kind of thrown into disarray with the Rona. I don't know if you've heard, Josh, but we live in unprecedented times. Oh, yeah. Uh, one new ride that has been announced, Josh, is by Legoland New York, which uh, is not yet open, of course, the theme park, but they have announced a new dark ride. It's its centerpiece attraction, the Lego Factory Adventure. Uh, they've put out a little video. It's a trackless ride system. Uh, you compared it perhaps a little bit to uh, Ratatouille or, or you know, the vehicles actually look very Spider-Man-esque. 
Uh, and this is the ride that we've spoken about before because it um, generates a Lego minifig version of yourself that you see at the end of the ride. And that, that was quite fun to see. Uh, that was at that uh, expo in Orlando last year that we saw that, I think. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they've put, out, pretty cool. uh, they've put out like a POV video of what this ride is going to look like. And uh, I think, you know, with all due respect, as far as Legoland rides tend to go, um, this looked kind of pretty impressive potentially to me what what do you think of the the video yeah this this is feels top notch to me like the the highest level of legoland ride i have seen i would say mm. yeah um fair play to him yeah absolutely see the tech is a bit older now so maybe a, like a bit cheaper yeah um after it's been like done by Universal and Disney and some other people uh, to get this, you know, these ideas going to begin with. But yeah, I think I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, and obviously they, they, you know, they want a a big ride to be ready for the grand opening, and and that's what this is going to be. And I guess if it, if it's a hit and it's easy to replicate, it may be something that we see arrive at other Legoland parks around the world um some of the other attractions confirmed yeah. for legoland new york we've got anchors away pirate ship the brick party carousel dj dizzy's disco spin the junior driving school cars merlin's flying machines rogue riders and tower climb i'm glad the uh, driving school is still making it into the repertoire absolutely i mean it's a total staple you can't not have the lego yeah. land driving school at a legoland park absolutely it's against the law yeah uh, so yeah, I, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious about Legoland New York and, and specifically about the uh, Lego Factory Adventure and how that pans out. Um, the park's going to be in Goshen, uh, about 60 miles north of Manhattan. And again, this was meant to be open by now, um, but was postponed, of course, because of coronavirus. And New York was really badly hit early doors. Uh, so yeah, I think at this point, this is probably not going to open until 2021. But uh, I guess, again, you know, it's impossible to say with any certainty. But that would be my guess. I don't see them opening it uh, in what's left of this year as the weather begins to turn in New York towards we get into autumn and winter. Oh, yeah. They're they're looking at early 2021. Right. That makes sense. Um, Yep. Uh, Cool. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it, Josh. I, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, I, I was planning to go and have a lie down and think long and hard about what the hell Tenet was actually about. Yeah. Um, I, I, I finished the first season of Disney's Fairytale Weddings this week. Oh, did you? Um, should we save that for next week or is there something particularly oh. profound that you need to get off your chest now? Uh, no, I just I, there, was a, there was one specific wedding that I thought was top notch. Oh, oh, go on then. Go on then. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think I, I teased this last week because mm. um, it was in the teaser for the episode uh, outside the Tree of Life Animal Kingdom oh yes um, they got married he was he's in the Royal Air Force um, he's not in the Royal Air Force he's in the US Air Force mm-hmm. uh, so he's in you know his number ones uh, all his mates are all also in the Air Force so they're all dressed up it's so kind of a proper uh, American styly as it were uh, and then the animals came to life after they said I do. What, on the tree? On the uh, tree of life. Yeah. Oh, nice. Like the light show that they do. It was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, spot on. I think it's the, the best one, best wedding of uh, season one. Oh, wow. That is high praise. How many yeah. episodes are there in season one? Six. Six. And and season, 
you know, referring to season one, does that imply, is there a season two already or is that in the offing? There, there is, there is a season two. There is eight episodes in season two. Oh, wow. More episodes, bigger budget, um, more ambitious storylines. Might we finally get some objections down the aisle? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I want an objection. Jason Derulo performs at one of these weddings. Oh, okay. So that's how big the budgets are for some oh, of yeah. these couples. Yeah. Um, there's like there's two specials on there as well there's like a Christmas special and another special on there as well who who would you oh. get to perform at your Disney wedding other than uh, the only correct answer which is of course Donny Osmond uh, well Donny Osmond obviously what about uh, Phil Collins Phil Collins is a good shout um, I, I, I he pales in comparison to Donny though obviously I agree um, thank you um, and I, I think I'd have um, Ray Winston to officiate the wedding. <laughs> I, w- I would go to this wedding. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't think we're going to top that as, a, as an image uh, on this week's podcast. So. Oh, they had... Um, or maybe we will. What's going on the, now? In one of the weddings, uh, there was a Jewish wedding. Uh, and they had um, the girl from... Greece on uh damn it what's her name uh I can't remember her name now. what oh um, the, the lady from Greece the main character oh, from Greece uh, uh, she's she sang Olivia someone am I making that up yes Olivia Newton-John that's it yeah so she turned up at a wedding did yeah. she yes and sang a song that I'd never heard but apparently was she was famous for right okay yeah yeah I don't think I could afford Olivia Newton-John at, if I ever have a wedding <laughs> Um, mm, probably not. Probably not happening. It's gonna it's gonna be Fielder and his, D, and his DJ set. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, if anyone wants to get a taste of that, I believe Jack is still on Mixcloud. Yeah, the Jack Fielder show. Uh, he's very good at it on Mixcloud. Jackfieldershow.co.uk, I think. Excellent. Very nice. Free advertising there for Jack. Uh, let's yeah. uh, let's sign off. Um, People want to find other episodes of the Park Rush podcast, of course. They can do so on their preferred podcasting app or at parkrush.com. You can also email us, podcast at parkrush.com. You can follow us on Twitter at parkrushpodcast. And we're also on Twitch. Uh, we are, uh, was it twitch.tv slash parkrush, I think, is the address yeah. there. Um, we have an email, Tom. I've completely forgot. Oh, no, Josh. We normally do emails at the start of the show. Oh, no. Oh, well, play the music. Josh, go ahead. Okay. Um, it's been a while since we've heard from uh, this guy, but he's back. Okay. It's Ben. It's Mr. Ben. Um, here we go. Hey, guys. Love the recent episode on Planet Coaster and thought it was time to hear the email jingle again. Well, cue jingle. there we have it. Can we've already that? done the jingle. I, I can cue it up again. To say, say cue jingle again. Cue jingle. Love that. Yeah. Uh, totally agreed with you with a lot of your thoughts on Planet Coaster, but the one crucial thing is the lack of grid compared to earlier theme park titles. That's true. Um, that is true. That was something we did fail to mention. Um, I, I, but yeah, we did sort of, we, we talked around it, I feel. We talked a lot about how it was so much easier seemingly to place 
um, attractions and storefronts and managed pathways and things like that without ever just getting to the heart of the matter, which was that it's because there is no grid system that limits you in terms of where you can put stuff down. We should have really thought yes. of that. That's very obvious now. Yeah. Um, so he goes on. Not only that, the object def deformation is truly a thing of beauty. For example, being able to use individual rocks to create glorious and seamless Disney-esque rock work. I've spent far longer than I'm comfortable admitting playing it and I'm always amazed at the freedom of the creative controls even if the management side is slightly less slick than Parkitect. For what it's worth, I love the immersion meter in that game. In Parkitect? Which is true. I think that's really cool. Yeah, in Parkitect. Uh, obviously, we'll get onto that again later in our series, but um, I think he's, yeah, he's, he's right there. Yeah, the DLC is all pretty good, if mostly for the number of objects you get included for your own creations. I strongly recommend checking out the YouTube channel Geekism, uh, where John T has, a, has done a full review of each DLC pack showing off every single element that is new. Uh, the movies pack is probably the best, but I have a soft spot for the World's Fair pack as it includes a copy of the Transit Authority People Mover, the greatest ride in Tomorrowland. You need to get a PC now, right, Tom, so you can play Planet Coaster? Well, it's coming out on consoles, so I'll, I'll, oh, I'll try it there and you know, hopefully it's not a nightmare on the controller. You, you just need that uh, Tomorrowland DLC, or what is basically Tomorrowland DLC. Yeah, I guess so. Um, in terms of console support, Jurassic World Evolution is available on consoles, so... I imagine the controls will be incredibly similar in Planet Coaster. Uh, I look forward to your review of that game, even if I completely disagree that Jurassic Park All World is a theme park. Well, um, the people, don't want to say the that people have spoken, I'm afraid. You're very welcome to campaign on the streets for a second vote, but as we saw previously, that doesn't tend to get you anywhere either. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say that the person who commented Jurassic World had rides is wrong, but there weren't any coasters or flat rides in that film that I'm aware of. To be fair, um, I can't think of any either. Controversial. It depends on your definition of a ride, I guess. I, I um, guess. I mean, I've wiped that film from memory, really. I can remember very little about it other than that really stupid moment towards the end where the raptor kind of nods at Chris Pratt as if to say, don't worry, man, i got this, and then launches oh, itself yeah. at the T-Rex. <laughs> well, it wasn't a T-Rex, was it? It was a blimmin' mutant thing, whatever it yes, was. Yes, yeah. Christ. He said that's, uh, he thinks that's all for now. Keep up the great podcast. Well, thanks very Mr. much. Ben. Thanks very much, Mr. Ben. Uh, if you want to email us as Mr. Ben has done, you can do so again. The email address is podcast at parkrush.com. What I think next on our podcast, on our podcast, on our video games list is Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So we'll, we should stream some of that ahead of doing the podcast episode on that aforementioned Twitch channel. Uh, we'll, we'll do yeah. some of that I guess unless any news comes up we'll be doing that next weekend yeah so. that's kind of the go-to when there's not a lot of news to talk about but we, we did have some this week so yeah uh, that's going to do yeah. it I think I'll, Josh um, uh, have you got yeah. anything to add I was just going to say that hopefully I'll, I'll have time this week to stream some Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic so uh, well that'd be fun I, I would I can I can jump that. in I can join in I, don't, yeah. I, I guess we can do that can we do that can we make that happen? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm just asking yeah. tech support in the corner of the office. Can we make that happen, guys? They're kind of nodding. We'll see. Oh, cool. We'll see. Yeah. All right, well, take it easy, everybody. Uh, don't go and see the new mutants. There are, um, if you, you want to go out uh, in these coronavirus times, there are better things to do than to see that. Uh, but I guess each to their own. Take it easy. Goodbye.